Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Current Podcast with your host, Mark Handy, joined this week by Karen Collins. Karen, how are things? I'm good, Mark. Yourself? Yeah, great. Getting into the Easter weekend. So, obviously, Division 1, Allianz Hurling League final to discuss between Limerick and Kilkenny, a watering fixture down in Parker Keeve. We'll have a look at that later. Uh, at the start of the show, we will look at the Division 2A final between Offaly and Kildare. That was played in Port Leach last weekend. And that'll probably be a nice segue into the Joe McDonough Cup, which uh, kicks off this weekend. I suppose, uh, Kieran, we'll start with the 2A hurling final between Offaly and Kildare. It was at the game in Port Leach. And to be fair, massive contingent from Kildare. And I mean, the, the social media in Kildare was an overdrive of this game. But credit Offaly. They stemmed an early storm and uh, came out, I think, deserving winners in the end. Yeah, I suppose Kildare were uh, aiming to reach the top flight for their first time in their uh, in their history, I suppose. And sure, looked the perfect start, really. They started so strong, playing with the wind into, and uh, rushing into a 1-4 to one-point lead. Very well-taken goal by Jerry Keegan. I think in that period, like especially in the first quarter, like Kildare dominated over Offaly, especially in, like Offaly's were putting puck outs long. And, and Kildare just seemed to mop it up and, and, and made it all count in the first half. But I think slowly Offaly came back into it. And, you know, like they were, I think it all started from the back. I think defensively they were so solid. And once they found the rhythm, you know, I think it all it all came from there. Like Kieran Burke, uh, Ben Connolly, Jason Sampson, and I think Adrian Cleary sweeping got on the world of ball. You know, I think like the, the comeback and such started from there. And, you know, they, I think they worked the ball well out. and into space and you know really accurate then for the likes of Owen Cahill and, and Killian Kiley who you know really come up with some big scores I think that you know maybe Offaly's bit of class a bit of you know I suppose traditional you could call him it like a traditional Hurling County you know not that long ago Offaly were winning all Ireland's and I think that was the difference in the day was the I suppose the bit of you know the bit of knackiness about him the you know there was hurling there you know but you know Kildare I suppose came back at him a bit as well as he got back in in front Coming up to half time, the leading by the goal and um at half time, awfully you know, could have been closer. I think Shane Dooley had a goal opportunity. You know, I think he had all the hard work done, rounded the keeper just to take it home. And I think he went for the the harder or the spectacular for the score, but I suppose in the end it, it didn't really matter. But I think yeah, to be fair, you know, awfully stemmed that kind of comeback then and you know, in the third quarter, you know, they really just kind of blew Kildare out of it. The first 25 minutes, you know, awfully just dominated. And uh, they outscored Kildare with 10 points to two in that, in that period. So, you know, and I think the, that was the winning of the match for them. You know, Kildare, to be fair, came at them again. As well as they had, at one stage, had the lead cut to two. A bride diagonal point for Offaly, uh last book of the game. Out to three before, the, obviously, Kildare got a 20-meter 20 20 free. And uh, I suppose kept off in their toes right to the end. Yeah, look, Offaly will be delighted. They're going to go go through a hard seven, eight week, seven or eight-week period of playing week on week. You know, there's the signs of a, a really good team there. You know, we, we, they had a very good uh, minor team last year. You know, I think they'll be looking to blood a few of these guys in in the, in the next year or two. I think Charlie Mitchell, who came on it after halftime, came in a full forward there. He, he really gave him a target up front. David Nally is super sideline. I think he's as good as, as uh, any... Player for the sideline cuts, uh, great points. You know, he's had, I think he's had a few this year already. Yeah, look, I think with Kildare are lucky, unbeaten in the league. You know, maybe it's as the saying goes, you kind of have to be to lose one to win one. And uh, you know, 
hopefully they react in the right way and you know come back stronger next year. Even with Joe McDonough Cup as well coming in here as well, uh, Kieran for sure. But I suppose for Kildare, there are plenty of positives, particularly in that first half. Thought they started the game exceedingly well, particularly in the half back, midfield, half forward line. They were creating an awful lot of overlaps. And I thought the Bourne brothers and particularly McCabe as well, particularly in that first 10, 15 minutes when they had that kind of purple patch when uh, Keegan's goal went in. And that was a superb move, actually. I thought it was probably one of the goals of uh, the league so far. And But all credit to Offaly. I mean, the other thing for uh, Kildare, never gave up, really. The way that Offaly kind of scores the life out of Kildare, particularly in that third quarter, other teams would have accepted their fate. But they continued to battle away. And I mean, to be fair, uh, Kieran, right at the end, uh, when you had a chance at 20, 21 metre free to kind of get into extra time. I mean, I think it was testament to Kildare, their fortitude, determination. But I think there was some kind of subtle kind of hurling, probably skill set issues here from Kildare, particularly when the awfully defence, particularly and particularly Cleary and Sweeper, thought he game managed particularly well. Just thought there was a little bit of a skills get skill set issue there from Kildare, particularly in the distribution and also some of their shot selection, particularly in that opening half. There was eight wides in that first half, and I think at least four or five of them should have gone over, really. That could have really um, kind of painted a different impression on the game. Kildare did go out of it on two different occasions. Uh, in the first half, from the ninth to the 22nd minute, they didn't register a score, and in that period, Offaly registered five. And again, in the you know the third quarter, second half, that period where Offaly scored on 10 points to two, I think that's that was the winning of the game, really. But yeah. look, uh, fair juice to Kildare. They've had a very good league campaign. I think people are have now stood up and, and are noticing what's going on there. You know, I think after Nace won the intermediates All Ireland there two years ago, three years ago maybe, and and you know running Ballyhale, you know to a very tight game earlier last year. You know, people are kind of noticing Kildare now. They're um, it's not it's not it's something that's happened in the last year. You know, David Hurd has been in place for the last couple of years. They're the work has gone in, you know, the clubs. They're, I know Nace were playing in the, in the Kenny Leagues on their age. They're getting great exposure to hurling. They wouldn't be a natural, traditional hurlers. You know, football was probably always number one. But, you know, they're, they're, the work has gone on. And, you know, I suppose you could say the same in Offaly. There's a lot of work going on in the background. And I suppose it's a testament to both teams. They both had a very good league campaign unbeaten. I think, you know, for Kildare, you know, I think if they keep the work up, you know, uh, they'll be there, thereabouts next year again and keep building on what they have because, you know, you can't take it away from, I think at the start of the league, not many would have predicted Kildare would have been in that league final. Absolutely agree, Kieran, because I think that opening day win down in Netwatch, Dr. Cullen Park against Carlo really pricked a few ears that Kildare meant business and they continued that throughout the league. An awful lot of marquee results. I mean, they come into the John McDonough after last season's triumph in Christy Ring. So there's an awful lot of momentum there. I don't think this season or this final should define them. And I think they will take stock of this win. I think just awfully just had a few more kind of clutch moments, uh, particularly in that third quarter. But I think uh, we mentioned last week here, Karen, in terms of for Offaly to win, they needed more production from people other than Owen Cal. And I mean, look at the stats really. I mean, Owen Cal chipped in with 11 points, but you had Kylie four points. Nally with three points, one of them being that glorious sideline cut. You had Cleary from sweeper uh, with two points. Samson from Shinron, two points from wing back. 
You had then Shane Dooley and then Brian Dignan as well at one point each. So, I mean, it was a complete team performance here from Offaly to really get them over the line. And that must be a very pleasing aspect for Johnny Kelly and the management. Absolutely. And it's something we did highlight last week was maybe the reliance on uh, on Cal. But, you, you know, hands up, it was a team performance. Obviously, didn't get the greatest to start. And I suppose they showed the metal to, to start to come back. You know, other teams might have wilted away. They're, they have a long seven, eight weeks of, of hurling. You know, it's... I'm sure it's going to be a tough attrition for the next few weeks, trying to keep the bodies right. You know, it's not ideal playing hurling this time of year on, on this ground for, you know, without uh, break weeks. So, um, you know, they're going to need the team performing. As I said, look, there's there's three or four noted uh, season-ending injuries that uh, they've suffered. And, you know, to, to put themselves in a position to, to go back up to Division One hurling is a, is a credit to them. Can't be easy to, you know, to come down last year last year and to bounce back up right up again this year so i think it showed their class we all know how a tough a group the 2a was we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks you know i think if Offaly can you know that we know just working on the back road michael dignan kind of jump-started all this a few years ago at the back of shane lowry obviously financially you know helping out that minor team we've you know just from seeing them last year you could probably pick at least three or four that potentially could take the jump up you know, Adam Screeny and, and Dan Ravenhill, just the two come to mind. You know, awfully want to be at the top table. You know, they don't want to be down here, Division Two hurling or John McDonough hurling. You know, they're a proud hurling county. And, you know, they, it's fighting for Liam McCarthy is where they want to be. Yeah, absolutely agree, Karen. You know, they're a proud hurling county in Offaly. And uh, the guys that I was with from Shinron were pretty buoyant at full-time whistle, but they realise it's a longer picture that need to be competing, particularly in Leinster. And ultimately in all Ireland's, and I think that's you know a, a little bit away, but take nothing away from Offaly. I think just given the injuries, and as you say, it's a it's a tough ask to come down from the Division One to as we described it, a bit of a shark infested pool in Two A. I mean, the one thing for all these teams in Two A, they're well battle hardened going into their championship, which starts next this weekend. And I suppose from an Offaly perspective, they've gotten very close competitive games. That can only stand to them. And I mean, I know the schedule is going to be pretty aggressive on Offaly, particularly squad depth. But if they keep putting in these performances and keep these wins going, that can only bring confidence really uh, here, uh, Kieran. And uh, I suppose it sets it up nicely for Offaly going in straight away in the Joe McDonough Cup this weekend when they entertain their close neighbours leash in Tullamore, I suppose. That's a very intriguing opening fixture in Joe McDonough. Given how Leash's league form in Division 1 has gone, again, it's a it's a big test here for Leash uh, to really come and produce a performance to beat this uh, inform Offaly team. Johnny Kelly would have had one eye looking ahead to the, that game against Leash, even in preparation for the league final. You know, their neighbouring counties, I'm sure there's a bit of bite there, going to be a bit bite between them. You know, Leash coming down, probably wounded, would have a lot of experience, you know, playing Division 1 hurling for, I think, the last 10 years. And... You know, they're going to bring probably a little bit more class than Offaly would have been used to this year, especially. You know, Lions of Kildare and Kerry, they're good teams, but I think they're all of a similar they're a similar quality. I think Leach might bring a little bit more than you'd expect. I think they've been looking across the field. They have, you know, possibly better players on paper. But I think it's all down to the Leach mindset and how they react to being demoted from Division One hurling this year. You know, I think it's all to play for, you know, I suppose the best thing for any team is momentum. But I suppose the one concern would be 
the, the attrition they're playing week in, week out for eight weeks. On you know, on soft ground like ground, it, it, we've had a, a wet march. It's you know, it's not ideal playing playing so much hurt on this ground. You know, it, I think it kind of brings in the question mark again about this. You know, split season we're playing a lot of the hurling calendar in potentially wet you know wet weather months like March April when you know maybe we should be playing it in, in April May you know it, I think it's a question for a different day but playing on this ground you know is a, a recipe for injuries I suppose and you know in case of Offaly I'm sure they're the panel is stretched as it is you know and if they were to pick up any more injuries or you know even red cards it would really test them further but one thing as well Mark just to he kind of knows last week when, when Charlie Mitchell came on the field and questioned me straight away just with the under 20 rule because Charlie Mitchell would have come on the week before as well against Kerry and then when he what played else? Saturday he played uh, for, for the under 20s and then came on as a sub again on Sunday the day after so exactly just puts into question the the new rule this year regarding under 20s where they weren't to play any more than one game in a seven day period and I just read up on it that coming on as a sub constitutes as a, a, a game. So just as was coming into the GEA consistency again on, on dealing with things, just I, I haven't heard anything all week about it. So maybe Kildare have an issue with it, but it just, I suppose, for myself going forward, what is like to stop the likes of maybe Limerick playing uh, Adam English in a, a Northwinders game and a senior game in, you know, round robin or, or further on, you know, is there a penalty or, you know, and just... I suppose out of curiosity more so, more so. I think clarification is definitely required now, uh, Kieran, because you can say this is league, but now we're heading into championship now in the next few weeks. And again, the under 20s schedule is going to be clashing with the senior provincial championships. So, I mean, we're not kind of intimating anything here, but I think Mitchell had featured for the under 20s less than 24 hours before the Offaly Kildare game. So, I think there just needs to be, it's a little bit of murky water again, isn't it, Kieran? Uh, just in terms of the rule implementation, because I assume that Charlie Mitchell wouldn't be featuring for Offaly. I thought he was probably good to start that game, but a few guys in the crowd had mentioned that he had played under 20, so I assume no more. But then to see him come on in the second half and have such a good cameo here, uh, Liam, or Kieran, just in terms of his full forward play, was very much a good target man. And again, it just blurs the lines in terms of under 20s now and you could see maybe other counties now looking at this as a case study to maybe if uh, an under 20 is absolutely flying it in senior training to just basically put them in and break this rule and who is going to basically govern it yeah i think we need there's too much gray in, in the ga regard rules and procedures um i know even with the the right card scenario like inter-county the um the red card can carry from from league to championship, but in the club scenario, it's different. You pick up a red card in the league, it carries forward to your next league game. So, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense having different rules for for um, either club or inter county level. And I think the GA need to just be more black and white and 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 close all these grey areas because it just leaves them open to you know to to criticism. And I suppose. If you're if you're a management or team management, you need to know like black and white. You don't need to know, you know, instead of this guessing, it's, it seems like it's a guessing game all the time. Absolutely. Like, I mean, results administration here, 101 is like, obviously, there's match officials at under 20 games. Surely that should be relayed back to whoever the officiating crew is to uh, the Offaly Kildare 
to make that kind of judgment call and if we're seeing team sheets here to adjudicate again should it really be the match officials to be really adjudicating or governing this as well i think there should be some kind of ga governance here in terms of the results uh, committee really so i think it's left a little bit of murky water great they kind of uh, put the under 20 eligibility rule here but there is a second part and that's the implementation of that rule and we've kind of seen quite clearly here in this case study that it's not working in terms of that and uh yeah, I think that's going to be an intriguing sub- subplot because, look, we're in Joe McDonough mode now for the next few weeks. And as I said, under 20 games are going to come ticking fast here. So, But, um, I mean, that awfully leash game here, uh, I mean, I- I'd agree with you here. I mean, leash will be um, pretty much, a, it will be an upgrade for Offley. But again, Offley coming in in good form. I suppose Stephen Marr here, you've keys as well for leash. I think it's just a mindset from leash coming in after the league. Bill Marr is going to have to earn his crust here in leash in terms of getting the team picked up uh, to really kind of come in because Offaly are coming in buoyant here. So who do you tip in this uh, opening fixture here on Saturday at three o'clock in Tullamore? Yeah, I think for Mara it's more of a mental preparation for the Joe McDonough more rather than Hurland. I, I still, if you're looking at it, I think Offaly have had a hard few weeks. I'm sure they would have put everything into the league final. You know, whether they got a chance to celebrate or not, celebrate, I don't know. I just think that Leash, I suppose we saw it with um, Westmead, you know, they took a few beatings all along and then when when it mattered, you know, they, they won the game, they had to win to stay up in, in Division 1 Hurling. And I think with Leash, they would bring a, a, a different goal for class compared to what Offaly have been used to for the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think if the mindset is right, I think Leash should have the players. And I, I think I'm based on that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip Leash. Yeah, because a few of the guys have been listening to podcasts and, uh, you know, we've kind of backed uh, against Offaly there for the last few weeks. So I might change my uh, tune here a little bit after uh, last weekend. I, I think uh, Offaly, there's momentum here, but there is the danger here that there's a flat performance coming, just given with the schedule. Hopefully it's not this weekend, because if they lose this weekend, they're under pressure completely then for the remaining uh, fixtures here. Yeah, I'll just slightly hedge to Offaly, but I, I wouldn't be all surprised if this is a draw here, uh, Kieran, because... Two fiercely passionate hurling counties, you know, yeah. literally. And neighbours, uh, neighbours as well. Exactly. So around Doro now, you know, I said there'd be great banter around uh, Offaly yeah. and Leash there leading up to this game. So wouldn't be all surprised at a draw. I suppose we'd go to Kildare as well. I mean, Kildare having to regroup this week, a quick turnaround for Saturday, going to Netwatch Cullen Park against Carlo. So, I mean, this is the scene of the opening league game that Kildare played. But I think our sense here, Kieran, is that Carlo is going to be a completely different animal come championship to what they faced Kildare in the cha- or in the league there back in February. Yeah, I think Carlo in Carlo played in sports really, didn't they? You know, looking at the league, they were flat one week and up another week. And uh, look, as we've we've talked all along, you don't know what workload teams are under uh, in any week, and uh, you know Carlo. I suppose, look, they're, they're, they're a strong hurling county for the last few years. They've been consistently there. And I'm sure they've been sharpening the knives, looking at Kildare. They've had a few weeks break now. Kildare probably had the, had the one-week break. But, you know, Carl had the week break, get the bodies right. And I suppose they've had the chance to to reset and, and focus the minds on the Joe McDonough, where, where the Kildare, you're, you're rushing in from one competition to the next, which, you know, in all fairness, it's, it's not right. I don't think that... You know, the teams to be rushing from a two league or two A final in, straight into Joe McDonough. You know, it's I don't think it's anyway fair to any of these teams. But look, so it is. That's the way it is. But yeah, I think you know Carlo will have the knife sharpened and 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 probably have more mental preparation done 
than Kildare. I'm, I'm sure Kildare will, you know, they'll be seeding over the last last week. I'm sure they were on the verge of, of new heights regarding for the hurling team. And, uh, you know, I think if it'll all be down to this week and, and how they approach it, it's a loss, something they haven't had this year. You know, I think they'll lead a big performance at least. Uh, even if they don't win, the, the performance is right and there to, to carry it for the weeks ahead. But I think, you know, the, Kildare have been on the road for the last few weeks bar one game. Cardiff had the break. Just nudging it. I know I'm going against the unbeaten team again here, but, you know, this is there's going to be a step up in intensity, pace, and uh, just going to give it to Carlo. Yeah, because, I mean, Tom Mullally being the manager of Carlo, he knows everything that needs to be known about Kildare Hurling, given his tenure as Kildare manager a few years ago. He really set the foundation stones here, to which David Herity has built on and developed also in terms of his tutelage of Nace. So he knows everything that needs to be known about Kildare Hurling. I suppose the issue here for Carlo is discipline. They hadn't inundated red cards during that league campaign. If they can keep themselves clean in terms of discipline, I think they may have a great chance here. Uh, perfectly do. I mean, you have the likes of Kavanaugh, you've Cody there as well. Doyle has come in with a few goals as well. But I think, you know, from a Carlo, they're a different animal when it comes to championship. And at home, with a fervorous crowd behind them, I think this is going to be a far more difficult assignment here for Kildare. I think David Herity, a bit like Bill Maher, is going to have to earn his crust this week with Kildare. Really at the final whistle, you could see the dejection in an awful lot of Kildare players, that opportunity to get to a Division 1 extinguished. So it's how they've recovered mentally from that setback. Because they've had, let's face it, last 12, 18 months has been incredible for Kildare Hurling. So I think this is their first kind of real asset test. I think here, uh, I'm with you, I think Kildare may be slightly vulnerable in this game because Carlo coming in completely under the radar here. I think an awful lot of people will be fancying Kildare, but I think Carlo here maybe by two or three points here. I think the fresher side as well. And I think they will have counteracted an awful lot of the issues that they would have seen against Kildare. And they know Kildare have a strong run game. If they can can really press up and put pressure on Kildare, particularly in the middle third, that awfully did, particularly defensively. I think they've seen the template to beat Kildare. I think off, or Carlo here, they have their key men back. I think two, three point win uh, here as well. But I think that would be a very entertaining game in Netwatch Cullen Park. And I suppose if we're talking about the first round of Joe McDonald Cup, Kerry, who we have in previous podcast episodes, really highlighted as this is really their year to really deliver with Stephen Malumphy. Travel all the way up to Baddy Grand to face down. And that is a tough venue to actually get a result. I suppose, Karen, from your perspective, Kerry, uh, what are your expectations of Kerry this year? And will they get a result against Down on Saturday? Yeah, I think in the league today, they've been poor, I suppose, compared to what we've seen of Kerry the last few years. I don't know, is there a certain lot of that, of, you know, keeping the powder dry for the John McDonough? I, I, I listened to Stephen Lumpy there it's a good few weeks ago now, and, you know, the number one target for the year was John McDonough. You know, they've been running up the last three years. So they've, they've been the bridesmaids, and I think uh, this is on this is what's on the radar for this year. You know, they were Kerry were wasteful at times in 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 the league. You know, I think probably relying the two Conways, Shane and Jordan Conway, you know, the star players, they have the experience. Tough, tough game. You know, it's a, there's a long way from from parts of Kerry up to the, the you know from the north part of down. So you know, I'm sure you know once all the the game preparation and the travel and all is all done correctly. You know, I think 
Kerry are probably a better hurling team what Down are, you know, on, on the day. I would expect Kerry to come out with a win. I really would expect a lot of Kerry this year. The league form has been really mixed, but, you know, we all know a lot of teams do things, approach diff, things differently and maybe, you know, have training blocks in certain parts of the of the league. And I do think this is the target for Kerry this year. And a little bit like Waterford for Liam McCarthy, I think if they don't win it this year, they won't. But I'm gonna, yeah. I think at the minute, you know, based on on on, on the last few years' performances, and uh, I think I just for for against uh, down, I think yeah, um, Kerry will do it by maybe two or three points. Yeah, I think it's a tough place to go, but I think Down's league form has been very indifferent. And I go back to that Derry Down game where I think Derry could feel a bit aggrieved that they didn't win that game. There was a controversial last minute free that was given for Down. It went um, as a draw. Based on points difference, Down survived. Derry went down to 2B. I mean, that's not really kind of inspiring form going into a Joe McDonough Cup. Now, say what you say about Down. I mean, they have some nice forwards here, like Paul Sheehan, 44 points during the league. You have Pierce Oak, Crickard, as well as 15 points as well. But again, I thought Kerry were, had some great moments against Offaly in that semi-final. I know they lost by four points, 23 points to 19. But particularly in that opening half, I thought the run game was very impressive from Kerry. Like the Conway, Ross, Collins, I thought were superb. It was just that their shot selection, their accuracy really let them down in the opening half, really let Offaly off the hook. And I think Offaly would have re- been the first ones to admit that. I think if they can really kind of improve their accuracy here, no reason why Kerry can't go to, to Ballygran and really get a result here. Because, I mean... Round two, they play Carlo in Austin Stack Park in round two. I mean, that's a kind of a must-win game for both teams, really, essentially. So, yeah, I'll tip uh, Kerry here to get the job done against Down. But, again, this is championship, you know, intensity levels have been cranked up. And I think Kerry should be winning that game if they have any aspirations of getting to the summit of Joe McDonough. And that will be the worry the last day, Mark. They're 21 wides that day, you know, against yeah. uh, like So, you know, it's not that long ago. It's not like they can go back and, and work at the training ground. It was only last week. So, you know, I think if they, if they can tidy up on their shooting, you know, yeah, you'd expect them to do it. But, you know, if they have a day like that again, all the way up there and down, like, you know, different game then. Absolutely, because defensively they've been pretty solid throughout the year. I think it's just been shooting accuracy here. They've let teams back into contests. I can think in terms of the Carlo game in Austin Stack Park where they were in control from good stages. Carlo getting reduced to a few players, but still we're in, in touching distance towards the latter end of the game, which may have concerned Stephen Malumphy. But uh, I think this is the ideal opportunity to really right those wrongs. And yeah, against Down, who I think really on paper here, you're kind of looking down through the, the teams here. I think Down are probably the lowest ranked here for me anyway, just given their league form against the other teams that are in this competition. So I think Kerry, yeah, should win this by three or four points. And I suppose round two, we can probably preview next week, but that is Leash versus Down. So down really are must-win territory to get their home uh, form sorted. Kildare playing awfully straight away in uh, in Kildare, and Kerry De- Carlo as well in round two. So I mean they're going to come ticking fast here. It's really we- doggy dog, isn't it? You know as weeks go on, like it's going to be there's going to be no let up for the teams. You know, bar is there a week break scheduled two or three weeks in, isn't it? So exactly, you know, it's, you know it's tough going from you know carrying on from league into straight into the, their championship. Like it's tough going. You know, it's going to really test squad depth, as we've said about Offaly here in terms of the injury list. It's going to really test the kind of the fortitude of management teams here. Tactical nows. Also, there's going to be fat performances here during this round, Robin. 
week on week, there is going to be invariably a dip in performance, and it's how those teams can react to that dip in performance to get a result, which will be imperative. I think this will be an exciting competition that we'll cover in the next few weeks. Best luck to all the teams here, and uh, uh, you'll make sure we'll make sure that we give this competition the the respect it deserves. I suppose, Karen, we can move on from Division 2A, Joe McDonough Cup preview. The league final is on at Parky Keeve on Easter Sunday. Kilkenny and Limerick facing off. Looks an absolute sensational fixture, hopefully weather permitting here. Yeah, sure. Replay of last year's All-Ireland final. You know, I think both teams, Kilkenny, as well as the start of the league, looked, I wouldn't say poor. I think that Tipperary game really put the worries. If you're a Kilkenny fan, you know, they were really, really not as a race that day. Kenny or Tipperary just took complete advantage, but since then, like I think they're they've built week on week. They're they are a work in progress. I don't think there's any doubt about it. There, uh, Derek Ling has come in, put his own stamp on the team. To be fair, I think I don't think many people expected this. You know, a new manager. You know, especially after the Cody Cody year era, uh, I don't think anyone expected to Kenny to be in the position they are. But you know, we if anyone any doubts, like. What's Kilkenny against Cork in the semi-final? It's a matter who plays or what Kilkenny team. They they bring the same fight and attitude, and you know they're just so honest and they they work their socks off. And I think that's you know that's fifty or sixty percent of the battle is that that work rate. You know, no matter who takes it the field, and and Kilkenny will bring that every day. You know, so I'd expect no difference uh, on Sunday. I think Limerick will face team. I suppose the intensity is similar to what Tipperary bought in the first half, but you know they'll be no let up from Kilkenny in the seventy minutes. They'll they'll they'll, uh, they'll bring it for the whole game. You know I think looking back at the Cork game, we we still haven't seen a full strength Kilkenny team. You know Owen Cody I think played one day. Still haven't seen TJ. Remains seen. Will he feature? I imagine he would. Adrian Mullen, I'm not sure if he's fit and back ready to go. But like you know, add on these these three guys to the team we saw against Cork, you know, and they're these three guys alone, like they're, they're going to add a different dimension completely to, to what we've seen. I, I've been really, really impressed with Kenny today. You know, I think defensively they've only conceded four goals, which is similar to Limerick. They've conceded five over the, the five, six games, you know, defensively, I think they're solid and they have, you know, they have choice. Like just look across every line, you know, I think they've created a, a strong panel, They've maybe lost one or two players, but they've, you know, an absolute find in, in Billy Drennan, who scored, you know, 265 to date in the league. You know, it's really impressive for a young guy. But they've, they have guys that, you know, like Keen Kenny, who would have been wing forward, kind of, we've seen him wing back. Podrick Walsh, who would, uh, so for the last few years, you know, centre forward, back and corner back. Deegan, Paddy Deegan, who, you know, it's always as a back, wing back. Midfield, you know, coming in wing forward and, and really changing it up the last day against Cork. I expect him to, to line up again there. You know, real, real engine, real workhorse. And, uh, you know, look, they, they've options all over. We've seen like Hugh Lawler, centre back for the last couple of games. And, you know, I would have said if Hugh Lawler was a fullback, but, you know, he's, he's done really, really well there. Tommy Walsh is on uh, exceptional as well, fullback. You know, so Richard Reed come back in, you know, does he lose his place? You know, does it change it around? So, they still have question marks that, you know, they can catch teams out on any day or they can make a move that, you know, a team doesn't prepare for. You know, Walter Walsh, bring him back in. You know, they've, they have a panel. They have it. They have a strong panel. You know, they're, they're a strong team and they are, they are working progress, so they, they will get stronger as the, as the weeks go on. Kenny will have a serious cut of this 
final. No question about it. I mean, given the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship schedule, there the stars are aligning here for him to be a very positive, very impressive performance here. I suppose they're, the the variation in their style of play has really caught my eye. Maybe the Cody era was maybe very direct when you're on ball, but there is a variation to that now where Owen Murphy is really kind of picking out his players. It's been worked through the lines. Paddy Deegan's working so industrially in that middle third here, you know, really orchestrating. And then you have the likes of Martin Keown, guys like that who are able to pick off goals here. Billy Drennan has been a revelation. So I think it'll be intriguing for Derek Ling. I mean, we're recording this early on in the week before team selections. I think it'll be intriguing just to see what Derek Ling does here. Does he reward players that really impressed against Cork in the league? I think he does to a certain extent. To have the likes of the TJ Reid, maybe an Adrian Mullen comes in or own Cody comes in, maybe reserve TJ Reid for maybe later on in the contest when the game's in a balance. I think it's an intriguing one here from Derek Ling, really for the morale of the squad. I think there's certain players here that would feel an awful lot of disappointment if they were dropped for a final, given the performances so far. So I think, given that they have all these star names ready to go, like even Richie Hogan, I thought, played exceedingly well against Cork. You know, uh, he orchestrated so well. I know he scored a point, but like his first touch and just his distribution is just outstanding. So, I mean, Kilkenny are coming in good form. And I think for Limerick, they know what to expect. After the All-Iron Hurling final, that was one hell of a final. And they know it's going to be a massively physical and a massive high-skilled game here to basically win a league t- uh, title. Yeah, and I'm after blowing Kilkenny up for the last couple of minutes. And I think out of more so, it's the respect I have for them. But I also do think that yeah, they, I said they are a work in progress, but they're playing. They're okay. They are mixing up the style of play. They're they're playing a short. Uh, it's relatively new to this Kilkenny team, and I think when the pressure comes on, and and Limerick will put the pressure on. You know, will we see mistakes occur? Like like Tipperary to put the pressure on earlier in the league, yeah. and it really on it really unsettled Kilkenny. You know, there's a lot of forced unforced errors like drop balls, balls not going to hand, and you know in turn. Will that force Kilkenny to go long? And I think if it goes long, Limerick's half back line will just mop it up all day. So I think it'll be a real test to to the game. Like I think the last good test Kilkenny have got, and without disrespecting Cork, Cork didn't bring the work rate that Limerick are going to bring. You know, I think Kilkenny had it their own way the last day. They bossed the game. They did things at their own pace. And I think it's going to be a different for them. You know, I think they, they know this Limerick team. Only, you know, last July they played them in, a, in an Ireland final, but you know, Kenny are trying something different and doing that at pace under a lot of pressure is a different, you know, different than playing the likes of Antrim and Leash and you know, under strength Waterford's in the league. The intensity I expect is going to rise a little bit more uh, next Sunday than it has from the league and the semi finals. Limerick are playing this game since they're working on this game since 2017, you could say, since John Kiley came in. You know, so they, they're fine-tuned. Like, the ball goes to hand. You know, we've seen it in clips. The, the passing is sublime. The ball's to hand. Like, the sick pass, hand pass, whatever it is, at pace, at speed, under pressure. You know, they've shown they can do it. I think that'll be the biggest question mark for me of the Kenny this weekend is how they react under that pressure. I totally agree with you there as well. That's the flip side of the coin. Not a lot of these league games in 1B have lacked a real bite or intensity. I'm even thinking of the Kilkenny-Waterford game. For a game that Waterford needed to win here, it really did have realms of a county challenge game or an official launch of a GA club ground. There was real no bite to it. Now, you could continue to say that, likes of Dublin. 
the real kind of significant game was the Tipperary game in Nolan Park, where, as you said, Tipperary pressed high. They made sure that Kilkenny, you know, had to earn it in terms of coming out of their own defence and ball was coughed up. So, I mean, I think this will be a true asset test of Kilkenny here in terms of this short pass game variation, as you say. So I think, you know, Limerick will be well prepared here and look to maybe isolate one or two Kilkenny players here on distribution as well. So I think from Derek Ling and the management of Kilkenny, this is a big challenge, but look, Kilkenny, no better team to basically really embrace a challenge when it comes to a hurling opposition. I suppose uh, we can come to Limerick as well here, uh, Kieran, and just to lead up to the game here, uh, news that Willow Donoghue has picked up a one-game suspension uh, for that head strike on Alan Tynan uh, <laughs> before throw-in on Chuckland here, just literally a week and a half after the game, and we got a little press release, you know, just slipped in on a Monday morning. Uh, I suppose from a Limerick perspective, opportunity knocks for maybe Barry Murphy and a few other guys like Daryl Donovan. But I suppose your reaction in terms of the suspension, first off, from Willow Donoghue? Well, actually, I think the word was that he was carrying a little knock and probably wouldn't have been playing anyway, which yeah. is a little bit of bittersweet. Look, I think we, we talked about this last week. I'm not trying to, my, I, look, obviously, I've Limerick at all, all the time, but I'm not trying to be biased. I'm going to be I'm sitting the fence of this one. But, like, I think all they ask for is consistency, you know. So Kyle Hayes and, and Willow Dunham, are two players that have been handed, you know, bands after the game, one match bands each. You know, there's been flashpoints in other games. I think, you know, Alan Tynan, I've seen the clip, I've watched it back numerous times, and I'm trying to see it from different angles. You know, he was the aggressor. I'm not trying to talk Willow Dunham out of this, but Alan Tynan was the aggressor. You know, he, he threw a few with the Hurley, uh, and I think Owen Downey got sent off for uh, you know for, for what Alan Tynan did as well. So to me, if Owen Downey's right card is held up, which I, I think he probably has a chance to get away with, but if it is held up, to me, where is the consistency there? You know, they have looked back at Willow Donovan's clip, I'm sure, numerous times. Part of that, they're going to be looking at Tynan's offenses as well. So how you know where if I think it all depends on Owen Downey's outcome. But if Owen Downey's right card is held up, you kind of question, you know, why isn't Tynan being cited as well, you know, for a, a potential right card? I see David Fitzgerald's card has been upheld, so he is going to miss the first game against Tipperary, which, you know, is a huge loss for, for Clare. But is this painting a picture that, you know, okay, if it's going to be a tackle or, you know, a strike to the to the head, you get penalised. But, you know, you can, you can, hit, a, you can hit a guy, you know, blow the belts. And get away with it. You know, is this the picture that they're painting? I don't know. I just think it's, as you said, Mark, out of nowhere on a, on a Monday morning, you know, a week on, you know, are they going to be as slow to deal with it in, in round robin times where there's games week on week? They won't have as much time to think about it. I don't know. I think all I ask for is, as I said earlier, black and white, you know, no gray areas where, you know, it, this is trial by social media, just black and white and, and line it, outline it for the whole, everyone to know, like, if this happens, we can look back at it, you know, in this certain time frame. And I think if that's if the rules are set out, there can be no arguments. Yeah, I'd agree with you there, Karen. I think it's uh I think this whole saga has been another highlight in terms of the dis- disciplinary panel process. How delayed the actual directive started anyway. I mean again it's it's creating a chasm here, I would think, in terms of the GAA disciplinary panel to then there is the social media aspect on this as well 
but that should be not in the realm of the GA disciplinary committee here. This should be looked at the hard facts. What's the match, re- match referee report stated here on that instant? I'd feel that the officiating crews here are probably getting a little bit disillusioned and a little bit vulnerable in terms of are they kind of looking behind their shoulder here with an assessor in terms of what they've seen, what they've observed, and then a few days later said, well, you could have picked out that as a red card. I think we're all we're looking for is for the officials to be supported here. I don't feel that this is a plenary plan is actually doing that in any great shape or form here. And I think we have Joe McDonough Cup games coming in uh, this weekend. Is there going to be any magnifying glass here on any of these marquee instances? Because you know there's going to be a flashpoint or two here because the stakes are very high in championship. I don't think we will. So I think from that perspective here, uh, Kieran, it's uh, I've said it repeatedly last year that I think the governance of the GA leaves a lot, a lot to be desired. This is one aspect on it. And I think that Owen Downey red card, if that gets rescinded, I think it's fair game for anyone in championship to really go at it, hammer and tongs. And I think the referees are going to be literally will see see that as see fit. Like so, I think it's it's a, it's a very murky area again. You know, we talked about the under twenty eligibility rule at the start of this podcast. I think this is another area where, unfortunately, we're uh, in a situation where I think intercounty managers will be looking at bated breath on Monday and Tuesday for any press release that's coming from the GAA on any case to answer for one of their players. And I, I think, think as that, well, Mark, from the referees' point of view, I think you know, with complete respect to them. I don't think it's any easy on them either. Like, look at the Johnny Keenan case where, like, he officiated in the Munster final last year. Probably the best game of hurling in the last five years. Absolutely. And he was stood down from refereeing based on calls he didn't make on the day. You know, he only refereed for the first time there two weeks ago Yeah. Uh, since that game. Uh, and, like, where is the incentive for referees to get involved in the game? You know, we, we have a huge issue with refereeing in this country. Either the standard, and maybe it's not the refereeing standard, maybe it's the game. Maybe we need to look at new ways. It's the fastest sport probably in the world or one of the fastest field sports in the world. You know, the ball travels from A to B in, in seconds, milliseconds. You know, is one man enough? You know, I don't know. I don't have the answer to any of this. But, you know, refereeing, I saw a stat there, Limerick referees two years ago, there was 110. This year, there's 50-something. So it's 50% yeah, drop. 50%. You know, and like they're going to, where is the incentive for anyone to get involved in refereeing? You know, I was at a, it was a senior league game last week and referee turned up. There was no linesman, no umpires, you know. So, like, it's how one man can watch everything. It's not humanly possible, you know. So, I'm sure it's down to a shortage of referees, but it's it's going to get worse unless they address it. It's going to get worse. But I think we need to have everyone on the same page. You know, we all love the sport. We all love hurling. But it seems to be GEA versus hurling folk versus referees you know instead of being all on the same page and that's why i go back to like have have it black and white so there can be no criticism you know it, it, let there be a sight master we all know it in rugby you know there's incidents that get lost in in the moment where referee mightn't see it or it's not picked up and there's a chance you could be cited but it's it's out there everyone knows it's a possibility but in hurling i think it all depends who you are you know if it's seen on tv or if there's a tv camera there at all even it all depends what t- I think as well what team are playing. I think there's probably an anti-Limerick brigade out there to minutes. I'm, I'm sure Kilkenny had the same back when they were on top and Dublin as well. You know, we seem to have a lot of you know neighbouring counties who have the, the knives out for us. You know, that's that's fine, that's well and good. But I think regards what's shared on on social media, the GA should have their own 
procedure and protocol and it should be out there for everyone to see. And I like this. Okay, well, I don't know. I'm sure John Kiley has had access to a referee's report and, and a, an official report from the CCCC, but, you know, they put it out there. It, it, it leaves so many question marks, you know. if, if Maybe if we knew the reasoning or knew, you know, certain procedures, like, it, it would become easier for all everyone to understand, you know. I think it's that transparency angle here, right, Karen. If people knew what was expected, I mean, even from a rugby league perspective or any other sports, a match referee report could be viewed or, you know, even the, these match referees, the officiating crews have assessors now at these games. The assessor needs to be probably that judge of these kind of future incidents. If there is an action item to be placed, then he maybe has to get more involved in terms of providing that citation um, immediately after games to both managing managers and teams that if there's cases to be answered for, they know ahead of time. I, I just don't feel that there is that transparency or that clearness in terms of the CCCC disciplinary process at the moment, particularly when it's into issuing citations. I mean, a few days after a match, I mean, four or five days. I mean, as you say yourself here, uh, Kieran, we're going into round robin week in, week out. So are we really realistically looking at a press release Thursday before a game on a Saturday? I mean, if that is the case, then I think I think the powers that be need to really kind of call time out and really kind of assess <laughs> well where it's all going to lead here. And I think a directive in terms of officiating style as well probably wouldn't be a bad idea here heading into the championship. I think we've had a few inconsistent instances in recent weeks. I think it would be beneficial for GEA HQ and the officiating and referees to really come together and really come and provide a directive to intercounty managers. So that they should expect some level of consistency here on the key decisions. I think, uh, Mark, all these, all these, um, it, it's taken away from the game. You know, we should be talking about Limerick here tonight. You know, instead of talking about inconsistencies and yeah. and you know and rules and regulations and referees reports, you know, we have a league final Sunday coming, Super Limerick team, and you know, I, this is what kind of it bogs down the mind to think about instead of you know the, the team that may tag out and you know I think for Limerick it's a uh, you know, another national final. I think they'll they go out to win it and they'll they know the fight they're gonna get from Kikenny and uh I think it's probably a challenge that John Kiley will relish. It'll probably battle hard in the team going into championship. I know there's only a two week gap to, to face Waterford and Turles and games will come, you know, quick and fast. You know, we're we're in great times, but I just think it takes away from the game. Exactly, you know, we spent ten, twelve minutes talking about this, but I think Going back then to Limerick, like, I mean, Willow Donahue, oh, that's giving opportunity knocks to another player in that Limerick panel to really impress John Coyley, Paul Kinnork, and the rest of the management team. If they impress on Sunday, that they do have a great shot in terms of retaining their spot for that Waterford first round game in the round robin. Uh, I mean, look at the lines here. I mean, that game against Cork showed great signs, Limerick, straight off the bat in terms of their kind of shot selection, their attacking setup. And they've kind of built on that with marquee wins against Galway uh, in Salt Hill. They had a good win against Clare in the TUS Gaelic grounds. And also they had good emphatic wins against Wexford and Westmead. So they're really kind of going in here. And then the semi-final against Tipperary, which is a nice blood and thunder game heading into this Kilkenny game. And just the third quarter was just absolutely awesome from Limerick. So, I mean, Limerick realized that the levels have to be cranked up here on Sunday. And, and I think John Kiley and Paul Kinnear can the side have delivered in spades in recent years and I don't think we can see uh, that changing on Sunday I would say No and I think 
I think this year, compared to last year, we've had we have probably a little bit more competition for places. I think if you're looking at the Limerick team, because only maybe you know for a shoe and for a jersey, like okay, there is players which would probably play, but I think Nicky Quaid and possibly Declan Hannan are the only two who are guaranteed jerseys for me. You know, every other position, you know, has competition. You know, but look at the, the, the full back line. You know, Sean Finn, uh, Mike Casey, Richie English, Barry Nash. Dan Morris, you could throw him in there. Two of them guys are going to be on the bench possibly Sunday and again in two weeks' time against against Waterford. You know, the half back line probably will line out Burns, Hannon, and, and Kyle Hayes, I imagine. But again, you have um, Dan Morris, who can play there, and also Cochran, Colin Cochran, who has, you know, he, he's really come on, I think, this year. Midfield again, you know, Will Dunahoo, other teams who would lose a player at the stature of Will Dunahoo, you know, would, would be, you know, Really, be the absence would be felt, but I think Barry Murphy coming back from a long term injury is is impressed in a few games earlier this year. And well, it might be the strongest midfield in the country, I think, but I think Darrell Donovan is, is really up to his game in the last year or so as well. You know, I think they, they do a job. And I, but the point I'm trying to make is there's choice, there's choice in every line. You know, you go to half forward line, Cotton O'Neill, I think, is really, really, really good this year. Uh, missed a few early games through injury, but the, I think the last few games. Really, come on, you know. I, I think the thing with John Kiley is he doesn't rush young players. He brings them in, he gives them a little taste in year one, possibly in league. You won't see him again. We saw that with Colin O'Neill like two years ago. He got a few minutes in league last year. I think he was thrown in a bit quicker than John Kiley would like with uh, Keane Lynch injured, but he really stood up, really stood up last year against huge experience. And I think this year, you know, he's a different animal. And it's a sign to to grow at Hegarty, Tom Marcy, you know, you, you, if you don't play well, there's a guy here wanting to take a jersey. Like, I think even Seamus Flanagan could be in trouble for his jersey. You know, I don't think he's been, he's been the same Seamus Flanagan we've seen last year, but, you know, he, he is a worker regardless. But, you know, you have Peter Casey back to fitness again, you know, really good game, especially in the second half against Tipperary. Or uh, Aaron Galan, like what you say, you know, he his name, he picks itself. And, Donnick O'Dalig, Shane O'Brien, okay, while they're young and probably inexperienced, I think they've had really good league campaigns. And, you know, I think they're, they're definitely putting their hand up. And, you know, it's a great place to be for John Kiley. And, you know, when we see full strength team on Sunday, I think we'll see really close to us. I'd say he'll crank up the intensity another notch again. And he, you know, he'll expect to win, but he'll also he'll know he's going to get a real tough, tough game from Kenny. And, uh, you know, I think. As you said earlier in an interview that I heard that, you know, the best preparation you can get is probably going on to, to go and try and get to the league final. You know, it's the best challenge game you're going to get. That temporary semi-final for intensity, physicality, particularly in that first half against Tipperary, ticked all the boxes. And now you're kind of coming in against Kenny where you know that's a given. So I think for John Kiley, Paul Canark, I think this is outstanding preparation, regardless of a result on Sunday in Parker Cave. It's outstanding preparation going into a Munster Senior Hurling Championship round against Walford, who, let's say, they're under the radar at the moment here, Kieran, for sure. But I think uh, they will bring out their best game. I think every team against Limerick brings out their best performance. They're the team to be shot at. So I think, again, Limerick have embraced that pressure. And I think, to be perfectly fair to Limerick, uh, they're reveling in it as well, just how they're adjusting during these games, solving problems during games. I mean, particularly with Tipperary. In that first half, there was an awful lot of good things from Tipperary. Barry Hogan's puck-out distribution, player movement. 
But again, Limerick literally culled that within minute 30. Game is well and truly over after 55 minutes. So I think here from a Kilkenny perspective, the intensity level will be upped, but I think there will be periods here where Limerick will be in, in dominant mode. And I think that's where I think the key will be here to Kenny. Again, they haven't really kind of shown us in terms of a consistent 70 minutes. Now, no better team to basically shove that comment down the throat than Kilkenny. But again, this is a Limerick team that's well battle-hardened now. Uh, I do suspect that Limerick should be coming out of this maybe three to four point winners here under a stiff uh, challenge. Would you agree with that, Karen? I would, Mark, yeah. I think, you know, while Kilkenny will fancy the challenge and they will probably have their own learnings from the All-Ireland last year, I think Limerick are probably a little bit of a different beast this year than last year. I think we kind of struggled a little bit last year. Any team to, to lose Keane Lynch and, and Peter Casey to that as well. And still win on Ireland probably shows how strong we can be. But I think just even Keane Lynch back in, you know, he's he's different gravy really, isn't he? You know, he's just, uh, I suppose a lot of the work he does, you don't really see. But just, the you know, the passing, this is, I'm sure it's just a headache in there for, for teams to defend against. And, you know, the, just the, the timing on his passing, picks up a ball so quickly, you know, in a rock area, and he's just so good. And I think even Keenan in his own this year just adds so much to the team. And it's, I think he's a really good link man between the backs and the forwards as well, and, and, and a recreator for, for players around him. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, Kenny, maybe with the addition of Drennan, you know, I think they probably have a question mark themselves over, you know, who takes the freeze when TJ does come back in. You know, I, I, to me personally, I would I would let Drennan take him because I think, you know, if Drennan isn't in the game for the first 10 or 15 minutes, if he's not in the freeze, it's a different story. Like if TJ's not in the game, you know, you wouldn't matter as much. I think so. I think, Kikini, I think Drennan is the man for the freeze myself. But yeah, look, go back to Limerick. I think mm-hmm. um, they are a lot stronger today, you know, I think a little bit ahead of where we were this time last year. And I think based on based on that, I think, yeah, Limerick might come out on top. I was going to say, yeah, three, four points would probably be a good call, yeah. The weather conditions not looking that great in Cork for Sunday. Right now, it looks like it's raining the forecast, 24, 25 kilometer an hour winds, which may really impact the game of two halves. But I suppose the keen Lynch angle as well, Kieran, just in terms of if Hugh Lawler is playing at that half-back line, how is he positioning Knee's game really going to be impacted here because Lynch will move around the pitch. He looked to get involved. He looked to create space for others. So I think that may be a fascinating subplot here as well for Kilkenny. How they're really going to kind of protect their full backline here uh, a little bit, particularly if you have the likes of Peter Casey, Aaron Galan inside. I wonder if the Dahl League probably, probably will feature at 15 as well here as well. If they get acres of space inside, that is a full forward line that's going to wreak havoc here. So I think from a Derek Ling and a Kilkenny, I think it's more for me. It's the Kilkenny approach to this game. He's got to be more the, fo- the fascinating subplot here, just in terms of what we talked about, both their game plan, but also in terms of their team selection. So I think that's going to be an, in- it's an interesting final. I think it's going to be really whet the appetite for our championship in the next uh, two weeks. And I think we've been, we've been sitting on the fence for the last few weeks and naming the three to come out of Munster. I think we're, we're edging closer to that now, maybe next week or, or so, Mark. So, you know, it's changed my mind over and back for the last few weeks, and I think uh, as it gets closer, it's no it's no easier to call. So we'll have to hedge our hedge our bets on, on who we think is going to come out of it. 
I think we're going to have to put up or shut up next week anyway, uh, Kieran, in the next week's podcast for sure. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll have Rory back and we'll have James hopefully back as well uh, next week for a bit of an initial preview. I suppose uh, we can wrap it up there, Kieran. I think an awful lot to digest there anyway, but some great points as always from you, Kieran. Thanks for that. Enjoy the weekend. I suppose next week we'll yeah. focus in on the Joe McDonough uh, round one just to see the main highlights from uh, that tournament. Also, we'll look at the Kilkenny Limerick uh, division final. And also we'll look at the interprovincials, Leinster and Munster, and put our heads on the block in terms of who's going to be the top three uh, for either province. So until then, uh, Kieran, enjoy the weekend. We'll chat next week. Same to you, Mark. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.